An interesting turn of phrase, a particularly haunting piece of music, a dark, secluded place so far away that you can look up and see the stars the way the ancients did. All the Beautiful Things is a podcast that examines the large and small things that move us with their beauty and sometimes leave us breathless. Join me, Sydney Wilson, as we discuss the exquisite and the sublime on All the Beautiful Things. First, there's the pop of the Victrola needle on the record. Then, the hiss of dead space before the needle hits the groove. And then, we get to time travel. Forgotten Voice from the Past pays us a visit. In this instance, it's Ada Jones and Bill Murray singing Shine on Harvest Moon, recorded all the way back in 1909. And from the moment we hear the voices, we instantly recognize it as something from long ago. And this song, and these voices, and the sentimental lyrics become evocative of another time and place. Songs like this and others recorded in the first decades of the 20th century often call to mind a time of pianos and parlors and front porches. Three aspects of home life that were so prevalent from the 1880s to the first part of the 20th century that they helped construct the idea of the family home in American culture. So come on up and set a spell, have a glass of lemonade, and share some town gossip up on the old front porch, because it's a beautiful thing. I recently took a shortcut home through one of the newer neighborhoods that has popped up in our area in the last decade. One of those windy, maze-like developments where the planners included lots of cul-de-sacs but no sidewalks. There used to be corn there. Now, row after row of neatly plotted homes sit on streets named after English cities like Newcastle and Cambridge. Inside, these homes feature the trendiest of modern conveniences. The greatest design hits of the 2010s, granite countertops, French door refrigerators, stainless steel appliances. But not a single home featured a front porch. American home builders have not prominently featured front porch designs in their architecture plans since the mid-1920s. And by the 1960s, the front porch was virtually extinct. On the other hand, our modern homes continue to be built with parlors. They've been popularly called living rooms since the 1910s, and that name change coincided with the move of family funeral rites from the home to the funeral parlor. Historically, the body of a dead loved one was laid out in the parlor of the home and visitations took place there. With the growth of the mortuary industry, Ladies Home Journal pushed to rechristen the parlor, proclaiming that the room was no longer a death room or a morning room, so it was the ladies at Ladies Home Journal who decided that we should call it the living room, evicting the dead from the home space altogether. 
And as for the piano, across the country, many young children still work very hard to get out of their weekly piano lessons. So what happened to the front porch? Why and when did this genteel aspect of neighborhood life fall out of popularity? Even the majority of people who own older homes rather spend their time in their backyards instead of on the front porch. Porch, derived from the Latin portico, is an architectural feature that crosses cultures. The Italians have loggias, in Hawaii they are called lanais, and in India the area is called a sit-out. Around the world, it is an outdoor extension of the home that offers a bridge between the public and private space. And from the mid-1800s through to the early 1900s in the United States, the porch was an integral part of the social fabric of a community. Designed to woo and welcome the weary wanderer, in the days before air conditioning, the front porch offered the family a place to rest and relax and to keep cool during the hot summer months. And in a time where home appliances and heating relied on coal fires, the porch was an escape into fresh air, but still within the sphere of the home. The backyard, back then, was never really an option as a place to relax or socialize. The front of the house was much more appealing because the late 19th century backyard was where you would find a vegetable patch, the outhouse, and the trash heap. A lack of modern sanitation like sewer lines and weekly garbage pickup pushed people out into the front. Besides, the front porch was a place where you could chat with friends and keep an eye on children and observe the comings and the goings in the neighborhood. Because everyone in the neighborhood walked. In the age before car culture, Americans walked. We walked everywhere. To the store, the post office, to school, and to work. It's a world that's hard to imagine. Today we drive everywhere. Even for a quick trip around the corner, we get in the car. Today, there are nearly 260 million vehicles on the road, but in 1919, there were only around 7 million. Walking was a leisure activity, and one that everyone knew promoted good health. People would take in the fresh air after a hearty meal or stroll the neighborhood in the early evening as a form of entertainment. And walkers would greet and chat with each other and chat with the people on the porch, sharing gossip, news, or friendly hellos. I was only trying to steal a little kiss. Well, kisses do invite me, dear, but please don't hug so tightly on the old front porch. Now don't get angry on the old front porch. Oh, joy. Everything is lovely when you're cuddled near me, dear. Look out, here comes my father, and he'll surely scold, I fear. Will that young man go home tonight or have his breakfast here? On the old front porch, oh, Charlie, on, on the, the old front porch. The idea that this was a place where romance could happen under the moonlight is perhaps one of the reasons for our fond collective cultural memories. The porch played a role in shaping a modern American courtship. The early 1900s was a period where men courted women. The date, as we know it, did not yet exist, and one of the easiest places and more acceptable places to court was on the front porch. Here, young couples had a measure of privacy away from older people, where they could covertly hold hands or sneak kisses or even more out on the swing. But its proximity to the house still allowed for mother or father to intrude upon the romance at any time by peeking through the curtains or by simply stepping outside. 
From their place on the porch, a young couple could hear the romantic and sentimental sounds of the Victrola, or mother playing piano from the parlor. As we know, nothing lasts forever, and eventually the outhouses were torn down, and modern sewage lines were put in, and the trash heaps disappeared with weekly garbage pickup, and suddenly, the backyard seemed like a more appealing place, a place where you would want to spend your time, a place that offered a measure of privacy that you couldn't get anywhere else. The move to the back was not immediate. By the mid-1920s, home design magazines were pushing homeowners to get modern, because, well, modernization was the thing. The world had come out of the hellfire of the First World War looking forward, and it was not going back. One of the ways a homeowner could get modern was by tearing down their front porch. Beginning in the mid-1920s, home builders migrated the porch to the side of the house. For a while, side porches were the rage. They still allowed the family to be a part of the neighborhood and participate in neighborhood life, but also offered a measure of privacy. By the end of World War II, however, the trend was to move the family to the back of the home, onto decks and patios away from the prying eyes of the neighborhood, and away from direct neighborhood engagement. And if the family didn't go out back, then they went inside, to what was formerly the parlor, and now the living room. And they stayed in there, and they listened to the radio. Here's Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Good evening, Mr. Dam. By 1930, 60% of all households had a radio, and instead of catching up with the neighbors or chatting with friends as they passed by on an evening stroll, Americans were in the house, and they were listening to the radio. Adventure stories like Dick Tracy, soap operas like The Romance of Helen Trent, and popular variety and comedy shows featuring Jack Benny and Red Skelton changed the way an entire culture entertained itself. Oh, and the air conditioner? Well... That made it possible to stay inside and listen to those shows. And what about the car? Well, the car was freedom. Now you could wait for your ride. Young people moved the ritual of courting away from the supervision of the home. They drove off to soda fountains and to the movies, or went out dancing alone with other young people. Why sit on the porch underneath the watchful eyes of the family when you and your sweetheart could enjoy the privacy of the automobile? By the end of World War II, the porch was, well, old-fashioned. New home styles like the ranch and split levels embraced the new clean aesthetic of the atomic age. While pockets of the country still held on to porch culture, especially in the South, where the spread of home air conditioning was slowed by economic barriers, by the late 1960s, Air conditioning was king, and even southern porch dwellers went inside. 
It's interesting to note that even as early as the late 1920s, older people were already waxing nostalgic about, well, the front porch and courting and sitting in the parlor. This romanticized notion is just that, romanticized notion. It's also a construct that plays into the ideas of middle-class respectability. In the 1920s, the world was changing, and it was changing fast. And it gave, well, older people a warm feeling to look back on something comfortable and familiar, like life in the neighborhood. Because young people weren't staying in the neighborhood. They were leaving, and they left home in mass numbers to fill jobs in the cities, to work in factories, in offices, and as clerks or secretaries. And they moved into buildings and into rooming houses, and they just went on dates. So what remains of the legacy and the history of the front porch? Well, it's soft and it's sepia toned, and it's an image of quiet spring nights on the swing with the flash of lightning bugs and the chirp of crickets and the polite hellos and how do's of familiar faces as they stroll down the avenue. It's rose-colored nostalgia. And sometimes, that is a beautiful thing. You've been listening to All the Beautiful Things. This episode was written and produced by me, Sydney Wilson, with music by Cool Cat Music. If you want more, visit atbt.com for links to source material and additional reading. While you're there, follow the link to check out our Spotify page with this episode's curated playlist. You can also follow me on Instagram at LadySydneyB. So until next time, keep looking for those beautiful things.